Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. There was no upsetty, and it was a game to forgetty at Albacete. At least a game to try and forget if you are a Malaga fan anyway. Sadly, I feel this might be the game that will be burned into our minds come the end of the season. As Malaga went down a goal, came back with two of their own, and then still lost. But undoubtedly, the headline will be Luis Munoz, his moment of madness, when he saw red before the ref showed him red. And he left Malaga with 10 men minutes after they'd gone 2-1 up. We will look back on an action-packed 3-2 loss at Albacete. And then next up, it's Zaragoza coming to La Rosaleda. And to help us preview that game is Liam Bambridge, uh, Zaragoza fan, and of course, the co-host of the Spanish Segunda show. Of course, that podcast tagline is Segunda doesn't mean second best. And let me introduce you to someone who nobody can call second best. It is my only GiriCast co-host tonight, at least for the first part, Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Matt. <clears throat> how are you? I am very good indeed, you know, apart from uh, Malaga Club to Football. Um, yeah, I, I tried I tried a different club on the weekend. I don't know if you saw. I, I went to watch. Yes, Jordan Molinos, how was that? Um, it was good. They lost too, so again, that carries on my uh, my curse. Uh, yeah, but it's a cool place to watch football. It was a nice afternoon in a fun part of the Costa del Sol but uh, yeah definitely recommend if you like sort of local football and you know there's a bar pitch side and you can just sit there on a imagine it's particularly good on a really sunny day because as much as we're going back to weather again here as much as it might have looked sunny in my photo um it was sunny and it did look like that in my photos but it certainly was not hot um it was very nippy you you were preparing already to uh non-league football yes I think they are fourth tier, aren't they? So Malaga will jump in or drop into the league but above them. But uh, yeah, a fun afternoon indeed. And uh, and I got to see um, one of our other favourite teams, uh, UCAM Mercia play as well. They, they were the away yes. team. Um, no Charlie but Janssen. UCAM Mercia, did they drop down? Yes, they dropped down. We know why. It's because they don't have Charlie Janssen anymore. Um, do we know where he is now? I definitely know where he is. Go on. Um, you want me to tell you? Yes. Because I, we still have a lot of contact with him. Okay. He is at... Um, Are you searching your mind here? Yes, I know it. But then I... He's at the... Um, <laughs> Merida Orlinense. But I think it's Merida or... Merida, okay. Oh, no, not Merida. Um, Lots of our players went there, didn't they? This is great podcasting, Chris. Continue said, yes, yeah. I know where he is. <laughs> I just can't... Shall we... It's a bit hard to come up with the name, though. You keep making noises, Chris. What? He's in San Sebastian. Ah, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's... I'm just... I'm, just quickly got on to him. Yes, he is San Sebastian de los Reyes. Oh, that's fun. I'm glad he's got up there. That that's I thought he would still be down uh, down on the coast somewhere. Oh, cool. Well, I think they they play in the third tier too, don't they? So 
there's a positive to look out for next season if we do go home. Could he be a, a, a signing next season? Well, that's what I was going to say. If if we do go down, come home, Charlie Hansen. We were calling for it when we we're in the second tier. Well, we still are in the second tier. As you can probably guess from our tone, we're a bit downbeat already, I think. But uh, I would. He's, he's very much welcome. I was going to say welcome back, but welcome back to the area, at least. Um, but welcome into the team. Um, yeah. Big, go, go and listen to our Charlie Janssen interview episode from about... 18 months ago, if you don't know who Charlie Jansen is, uh, he's a... I think he's a really great guy. I love talking to him. He was great. Too bad he's a Tottenham fan. No, I'm joking. That's okay. I've got no issue with Tottenham either. Me um, neither. Um, but yes, let's move on from from potential signings in the third tier. Um, but we should perhaps talk about why we are a bit downbeat. We will talk about, obviously, Malaga losing at Albacete, which was a quite wild game in general particularly the first half um that was bad enough but things got worse monday night with uh Racing santander beating leganes to pull eight points away from malaga this is malaga's oh, actually it's nine okay because it's eight eight to get on equal level with them yeah okay. regarding points and nine to uh get above them yeah it's a it goes on head to head as well, doesn't it? So that game coming up in a couple of weeks' time against Racing, obviously, it could be very, very important for points. Um, Definitely, I, I think we're past sort of using the phrase "must win." Those. I don't think that does. I don't think that's strong enough anymore. But there is. I that. have a question. I have a question. But just quickly, which there I is. I want to ask you. Well, it's from a listener. Okay, just quickly though. Luke, let me finish Luke my point. Let me finish my point. Okay. I was just saying that we not only do we need the points there, but we need the the head to head result really, don't we? Because we drew at Racing, so we need to win just to get that head head result. Um, yes, uh, Luke Chambers, go on, you tell me. Chris, question for the pod, mate. Um, with only fifteen games left and relegation looking more and more likely. If we are to survive, how many wins do you think we're going to need out of them 15 games? Good question, Leaf Chambers. Um, also a Tottenham fan. There you go. A lot of love for yes. Tottenham fans. Um, a great great accent as well. I love his Northern accent. Um, I've sort of done a little bit of maths. Um, I looked at the points you needed to stay up in this division the last few seasons. So last season, it was... Much lower than usual. It was 43 points to stay up. So for those that don't know, Malaga are on 22. Yes, 22. Um, the season before, it was 46 points. So we are going to need at least from the next... How many games left? 15. 15. That's what I was about to say, 15. Eight wins. And we have eight home games. So... Win all our home games. We and uh, sorry, that's at the very least. I should say. Um, I tried to. I, I think it might be in the mid forties again. The point total because I think the the magic number in Spanish Segunda is everyone says get to fifty points, don't they? But I don't think. I don't know if we're going to need fifty points, but I think at the very least we need eight wins. And just to remind people, we've got four. All season, so we've got to double that in the last third of the season. Um, 
Unless yes, something's got to change very quickly and drastically. I did some. I did some homework as well. Go on then. And um, it isn't regarding to Spanish football, but to English football. Okay. <clears throat> Um, is it possible to escape? Yes, because several English teams did it. For example, Wigan Athletic in 2011-2012 with Roberto Martinez as their head coach. They won um, six of their uh, final eight games, including victories over Manchester United and Arsenal. I remember it well. My favourite football their, manager um, of all time. West Ham United in 2006-2007. Okay. Don't remember that one so well. <laughs> Me neither. Um, but they were massively 10 points behind um, 17th place Manchester City in early March. Mm-hmm. However, with wins over Arsenal, Everton and Wigan and letting at Bolton Wanderers, they handed the, Lond- uh, they handed the Londoners the keys to their own destiny. <laughs> And Carlos Tevez goal clinched a sensational ah, yes. win. Fulham, 2007-2008. I can tell you this one. This when Diomancy Kamara scored a screamer at the... I don't think it was even called the Etihad then, but they were losing 2-0 at half-time. They were pretty much gone, and then they won 3-2, and then they won all the end of their season games and stayed up. That was incredible, that one. Yes, there we have Bradford City in 1999-2000. Yeah, that was a good one. I, the most famous one is West Brom. So I don't know if that's on your list, where they are the first team in Premier League history to be bottom of the league at Christmas, and they stayed up on the last game of the season in probably the best end to the, of the, like, in regards of relegation, the most exciting end to a season ever. Um and if it, that... it's, on, it's on the list, because, but before we go there... Okay, go on, sorry. There, sorry. there is... Oldham Athletic in 1992-1993, yeah. Ian uh, which also uh, made the big escape. Cool. And the last one is West Bromwich 2004-2005. And the other one I'd throw on the list, um, and I always forget which manager did it in the end because they did it so many times, Sunderland pulled off some miraculous comebacks. I think Gus Poyer did one. And honestly, Allardyce kept them up. So, yeah, I've got to be honest with you, though. There's, I don't, I, I remember a lot of those. And there was these little glimpses that they could do some, something. I'm not, not seeing those glimpses with Malaga at the moment. Really? Okay, glimpses. Because, to be honest, I think many of our matches this season, we didn't deserve to lose. But, yeah, yeah, okay. We deserve perhaps more. Yes, but... And if I look at last week, we scored two goals, which is something we didn't do in quite a while. Well, I I almost prophesied it, didn't I? Because I said uh, my stat last week was that we haven't come back from a goal down since November 2021. And I thought, oh my God, maybe I've, you know, sort of... Like, the I don't know, what's the opposite of a jinx? Maybe I've given us good luck by mentioning that stat, but... uh, it wasn't to be. Um, maybe we can talk a bit more about our chances in the next section, Chris, because obviously we'll look back on that game against Albacete. Just a couple of other little things. Um, I did say we've got eight games left to stay in this... Sorry, eight home games left in the league, um, 15 overall. 
Um, the club are trying to fill the stadium for those eight home games. They are saying for all those season ticket holders um, this season, there'll be a 25% discount on next season's season ticket if they attend the eight home games at La Rosaleda before the end of the season, which is really frustrating for me because I don't think I can go Monday night. <laughs> so that's like, oh, great. So I, I would have gone to every other game apart from this one in the last eight, and I'm probably not going to get the discount now. But... There, there is a thing, though, because... You pass the ticket on. I really on. don't think that if Malaga goes down, that the prices will be the same. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I get my my guess would be not, but I just don't know. That would be ridiculous. But this is a ridiculous because football you would club. leave you would leave professional football then. Yes, but then I don't know. Would the club back? You, you know, you you know the answer to this better than me. Maybe that would the club back a loyal fan base to pump some money into the club that should. Thrive in like what, what are we going to call a semi-professional football, amateur football? I don't know what we call it next year. It's all me neither. To... It's it's not professional football <laughs> no. anymore. It, it doesn't. It isn't uh, ruled by La Liga. So no. I'm very interested because if it goes further down, I'm going to contact the club about how people from outside of Spain are going to watch the matches. Yeah, yeah. I I, I am already thinking of that. Well, and even like away games. Like for yes. me, how am I going? You know, but, well, actually, that won't matter because they'll all be down the co- you know down the road and around the corner. So maybe I can just go to all the away games next season. Um, the other the other exciting thing for me is, or would have been, if I could have gone to all eight games. I know people will say, "Oh, you can pass your ticket over to a friend." I don't have any friends that want to go watch Malaga, <laughs> so that that won't work either. Um, but you get fifty. Percent off the new shirt next season if you go to these eight games too. Um, I quite like the idea. I personally don't think it's going to have much of an impact. I think if people are not going to go, I don't think this is going to sway them that much. Maybe a few, but I don't know. I think people are uh, already just given up a little bit. I, I know I would go to all eight games, but Monday nights I just can't do. Um, so never mind. Um, one other thing, speaking of uh, people, you know, speaking of La Rosaleda, um, I read something yesterday about the referee report from the game against Oviedo. <coughs> Apparently, we could be in some sort of trouble for um, chance at uh, Boya Baston in the home game against Oviedo. So for those that don't remember, um, we lost, but Boya Baston got injured I think in the first <coughs> half, actually, and there was... The sort of chance you usually hear at Spanish football grounds. I don't. I, I don't know. You, you might know better than me, Chris. They, they're not nice, but I don't think they were anything. You know. No, but that's Spain. You know. I, I don't know. It, uh, in in Holland, you would have heard worse. Yeah, I think in the. I think I think the things they they sung in Holland. Or like nice gestures or or something. Well, like, for example, the I, I'd probably, you know, I'll say it in English, the sort of Boya Baston, son of a bitch. Like, that's sort of quite um, jokey in English, though. But the Spanish equivalent of that's a bit stronger, isn't it? So I don't know. Maybe I... But don't... still, I mean, I think it will be a fine or something like yeah. that. 
well, <laughs> perhaps the Fondo sewer will will welcome being kicked out, and they won't have to attend a game. <laughs> that might be that might be a good thing for them. They'd be like, oh, thank God for that. But yeah, there's um, the referee report was very much, oh, it wasn't the whole stadium; it was just those guys behind the goal. I thought, oh, grow up. <laughs> I don't know. But it's a bit the same, like what Bruegel said, right? You're bad. Wow, well, you're bad. How can you be so bad? Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't see that as a red card. Yeah, it's sort of what we talked about last week. Like, obviously, if it's something really abusive, below the belt, like, there's, there's a line. That's what I've seen this weekend, though. Pardon? That's what I've seen this weekend. Okay. As in the With opposite. Luis Muñoz. But we will come to that later. We will come to that, certainly. So, actually, let's uh, let's head towards that but before we do let's talk about maybe uh two positive things because it might be a bit downbeat after this well it's been pretty downbeat already um malaga juvenil they did lose today but they did lose in the youth copa del rey to real madrid and give a really good account of themselves against the current champions of the youth copa del rey um they lost 2-1 apparently they put up a good game um (laughs) We look forward to seeing some of those players in the first team in the third division next year, next season, Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, and also, we should say as well, like, I believe it was a sellout at the, what they call it, the Federacion like, Stadium. or Yeah, um, so La Federacion Malagueña. That's it. I couldn't think where it was called. So that's really good to see support for our, our young team there and hopefully they can continue to do well this season um and then just finally chris um we talked about malaga club the football let's talk about the giri cast club um you've set something up i think today actually wasn't it do you want to talk about that we started a community on telegram where uh, you can meet other uh, malaga fans international fans Going out to drink beers together. I don't know what you're going to do there. Um, but we are there and it's fun. It's the Girikos community, a place where you can talk about Malaga, everything on Malaga, tickets, holidays, um, I don't know, uh, send pictures of your pet. <laughs> um, um, tell us your favorite. But all in a respectful way, yeah. because there's only one rule and that's that. Everything is respectful and no, uh, a debate is fine, but no fighting. Yeah. No. Uh, but it's, 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 we, we are 10 people already and it's, uh, fun. Okay. Sounds fun. I look forward yes. to it. Um, so download well, Telegram if you don't have it, send us a private message and we will add you to the group. Good stuff. Um, and you know, one of the things you could talk about in that group is the latest Malaga loss, which is what we are going to do in the next section of this week's podcast. Well, this might well be the game that we refer back to at the end of the season as one of the most brutal nails in the relegation coffin, if we are to go down. But uh, 
Let's start the post-mortem of this 3-2 loss at Albacete with the starting eleven. Uh, quite a lot of changes here, and I think we did put Nick on sort of coming up with the graphics for the starting eleven, and I felt a bit sorry for him because this was hard to piece together. So I'll just give out some of the headlines, and I think think we've got a sort of formation. So Delmas came in. I'll be honest with you, a play I always forget we have now, I quite like. Um, Christian, we didn't know he, he was playing, but he seemed to be sort of left back, wing back. Um, left back, yes. Yeah, more, back. more left back. Um, Franz Sol back in with Lorraine up front, which was perhaps a surprise from the start. Um, the, perhaps the most welcome surprise of them all was... Uh, Andres Caro starting, which I think was a bit of a surprise, but uh, we're big was fans. Was that a welcome surprise for you? Um, this was sort of a debate we had in our WhatsApp group, wasn't it? Um, yes, because I just sort of had to put faith in the fact that he would be fit enough. Like I suppose if we talk about how good he is all the time and he's fit and he's been on the bench a few times, so it's not like he's just come out of the blue. I think he's very, very good. Um he looked okay in this game. He did look a bit sloppy, and I know there was one moment where he sort of made a mistake. But I, yeah, I, I'm all for throwing him in there now. Um, what did you think of the starting eleven in general? I think the starting eleven looked uh, really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, more attacking than we're used to. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think overall. It was the best way to start. I think the best 11 players were on the pitch, on paper. Yeah, I agree. Like it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit messy to work out a formation at first, but um, yeah, I, I was more than happy with it too. Um, but then, it looked great on paper. It was not a good start to the game, was it, Chris? No, it was a real bad start for Malaga. Um, we just, I don't know, maybe the nerves of of having to win, I don't know what it is. And uh, yes, then, uh, well, pretty soon, uh, I was at the court. Yes, it was, um, yeah, I totally agree. They seem to come flying out the, out the blocks at us. Um, we've talked quite a lot on this podcast about, you know, when we do, what's the problem? And we've used the word nerves quite a lot. I'll say in this first 15 minutes or so, it is about as nervous as I've seen us play. And just, we absolutely just cowered. Um, I thought we were as bad as we've been. And I know, I think I saw a few people on Twitter saying that we could have been four goals down in the first 15 minutes or so. Um, Definitely. So their goal and forgive me, because I can't remember who made the mistake, because I thought it was Romolo, but I thought someone might have said it was Caro. It was Andres Caro. Yeah. Where he horrible, saw, horrible match from Andres Caro. Where he tried to get across the um, attacker and didn't, sort of missed the ball and they broke through. Easy finish again. And then there was that amazing chance minutes later where I can't even remember how it happened, but I just remember the end where their attacker was was it about eight yards from goal and tried to chip it over Yanez and Yanez was on the floor and luckily they scooped it onto the the top and, netting. Another mistake from Andres Caro. Yeah. 
I take it he back. Didn't, he, he was really, really bad this match. And I don't know what it is. Maybe the nurse, he's still a young kid because he has the talent, he has everything. But wow. Yeah, me, me, maybe my earlier um, uh, sort of praise of him doesn't apply to this game. But uh, yeah, hopefully... We know he's very, very good. Maybe he's got all this out of his system now. Um, there was a positive for Malaga, I thought. Um, well, obviously, there was two positives. Then. They came very close together. But And actually, this is a positive, I would say, that I've noticed in the last few months. Certainly the last sort of few months under um, Pepe Mel is we seem to be quite good at corners. <laughs> um we seem to like a lot of our goals at La Rosaleda have come from corners and causing things, uh, causing issues there. And although it didn't come um, directly from a corner, it did come from a cross. Uh, Largo Jr., um, if he was going to score a goal, I did not expect such a like towering header. It was a brilliant header, Chris. It was beautiful. Um, he, he, he put so much power onto the ball with his head that the ball almost ended through the net into the stands. Yeah, goalie absolutely nowhere near it. Placed it perfectly across the goalie. Also should say, by the way, a brilliant crossing from Christian. Um, Definitely. Perfect. Because it's one of those ones where it was um, swinging towards goal and sometimes they're hard to get so much power on. You almost have to like glance your head onto them rather than smash it but it was so perfect for him to run on and like it was you know the run-up he had to it no one was going to get near him if he got any sort of impact on that ball and Larka Jr. It, got put... it reminds me of a of a service on the on the tennis court <laughs> yeah yes just yeah an ace almost yeah the, the goal yeah. the goalie just had to stand there and watch it go in and he did sort of there was a moment, I, I, don't, I haven't really watched the replays back properly, but I do remember sort of seeing him flap his arms in the air as if to sort of, as if he was going to sort of tell someone it off. Was a, it was a real, my house is falling apart. It was a real um, Ronaldo header. Yeah, it actually was. Cause he, it was Ronaldo because obviously he jumped high, but <laughs> there's a sort of, the defence realised we're not going to be able to get up there with him. Um and just didn't even bother either. And, you know, I think it was pointless them trying to jump with him. I suppose they could have tried to put him off a bit more, I suppose. But um, no, he was coming in full pelt and it flew in, um, you know, and it came from nowhere as well. I think we might have had a corner a minute or so before and maybe had gone a bit close, but this sort of came from another corner. Then another cross into the box, another corner. Fransol another gets, assist from Christian. Another assist from Christian. So this is, um, well, actually, I was going to say not long after. It was about 15 minutes after, which surprised me when I looked at the the times again earlier. Um, I think there was about a 20-minute difference. But, yeah, Christian, brilliant again. Um, and good to see Fransol scoring. And uh, he looked happy. <laughs> happy and a great goal. Yes, but this was more of a glancing header. And in the little Peña bar in Marbella, we had a, a good old celebration. We all had big smiles on our face. We were all very happy. And I will just say my view of this. I did not see what Luis Munoz did the first time. I just looked up. So this was two or three minutes after we'd gone 2-1 up. Um, just keep a cool head. 
And I saw him getting the red card and I said to myself, or I said out loud in the bar, this better be for something good. This better have been like a last ditch tackle that he had to get sent off for. And when I showed the replay, I just sort of sunk and sort of knew. It's sort of the moment that's confirmed what could happen in May, to be honest with you. Um, I don't even know where to start, Chris. Um, I should say, before I ask your opinion, um, there was like a sort of scuffle, wasn't there, which was a pointless one, nothing to get too angry about. But I did read in the referee report that I believe the first booking was for him time-wasting and blocking the ball, which I didn't clock during the game. And for those that haven't seen it, Luis Munoz, then his reaction was to get close to the ref and sort of shout at him a bit, which, as we learned with Esteban Burgos the week before, the match day before, can get you in trouble. But then he sort of flung his arms towards his face, not in his face, but towards his face quite close and got a red card. Um, Just absolutely idiotic, Chris. To be honest, the first one is debatable. Um, because I don't really see the the time wasting. It happens all the time in Segunda. I would agree with that. I would say if I... he would have if he would have got the first yellow card for pushing the other player, mm-hmm. then I think he deserves one. Yeah. But then the player of Albacete also deserves one. Yeah, my sort of worry with then... Malaga. Yeah, that's my point with the first one. Yeah, just before while you're talking about that then, and then we'll come on to the, the second one. Um, I totally agree with you. You do see that a lot in Segunda, and not just Segunda, football. Just people standing yes. in front of the ball. And yeah, it's a rule, but you very rarely see yellow cards. Certainly, unless it's towards the end of the game where it is really, yes. really blatant. But Not in the first half. But also, I would, dare I say sort of praise Luis Munoz there because the one thing Malaga are or haven't been this season is be quite streetwise and know how to, I don't know, not wind up the opposition, but sort of, you know, use those tactics sometimes. So I would have gone, right, yeah, let's mess up, you know, let's slow everything down a bit. So even if he did get booked for that, I sort of think, oh, well, okay, fair But to be honest, although that it's in the match report that in, in the referee report that he got the yellow card for that. I don't believe that he received the yellow card for time-wasting. Quite possibly. I, I, because it, because yeah. it was one or two seconds. Yes. Like, it it wasn't massive time-wasting. So, I doubt that. I think he gave the yellow card for the push, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, but then he should have given both players a yellow card. So to, how are we going to say it? To, um, I don't think referees really get in trouble, but they get, how do you, uh, they, they get, get judged. They, they get reviewed, yeah, yeah, judged. Yeah. So for his review, I think he changed it to, um, the fact to the to the time wasting, possibly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a right. This one is definitely for time wasting. It it seemed like a 
an emotional reaction, didn't it? That there's a man yes. who is really getting quite angry in my face. This is making me angry. Have a red card. It did feel a bit. The like second it. one, yeah. Yeah. And he might be but right. Then, <laughs> but then if I look at Luis Munoz's reaction with the second one, it's totally a yellow card. Yeah. Well, uh, you can't argue about that one. No, nope, I definitely can't. And actually, um, maybe the ref had been listening to uh, last week's Giri cast where I said, if you're going if players are going to get in the ref's faces um, and they're going to get yes. sent off, I said, that's fine. As long as they do it for every player that does it. I was sort of hoping it wouldn't be another Malaga player. <laughs> that's all. I was hoping we might have learned. Um, but it's also, it's also the gesture he makes with his hand. Yeah. And he got warned twice by the ref already. Yes. But I think the way the ref responded to Luis Munoz, screaming as well, mm. is not really getting the aggression down in the yeah. right way. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, you know, if you want to get the overall opinion of uh, Malaga fans, um, well, you could have just turned on Twitter at the time. It was... It was a, a proper meltdown, to say the least, and a lot of angry Malaga fans. We should say, um, I've got her in front of me here, um, Luis Munoz, uh, later that evening, I think on his Instagram page, uh, did deliver an apology, so I'll just read it out. Uh, after having spent a few hours after the game, I still can't get over what happened today. Oh, sorry. I still can't get what happened today out of my head, and I want to ask for forgiveness. To my teammates, the coaching staff, the club and all the fans who are the true heart of this club. We all know that emotions increase once we are on the pitch. And although this does not justify what happened today, sometimes on the field we think more with our heart than with our head. I am suffering with the current situation of the club, being from Malaga, a Malagista and playing for my club. I have no doubt that as long as we live, we will fight for the badge until the end. Long or viva Malaga. Um, I sort of do sympathise with him a little bit there as much as angry as I am that there's you know we on this podcast we have sort of celebrated his Mala sort of you know his his links to Malaga and you know the stuff with his grandmother and stuff I don't think we can say this is a player that doesn't care about Malaga um, it's just very frustrating that he couldn't just take that extra couple of seconds to calm yes. down um, so but let, let let's let's not forget one thing and I think that's the most important thing, that the pressure that is on this team's shoulders is so big. And you can say they've put themselves in this situation, well, maybe partly. Um, no, I think you're right there. But the pressure is so big. The nerves are so high. The emotions get so... They get so full of emotions that it's hard to control and they are humans. We're talking about humans. Mm. We're talking about kids because Luis Munoz is 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Andres Caro is 19 years old. We're, we, we're not talking about people from 30 or 40. Well, some of them. But, but also, them, but... no, I think you're right there. I totally agree with what you're saying. But I think the difference is that that's fine, like having these young players in the team. But, there, you know, there's not many. Well, I don't know, because I suppose there is like experienced heads around them. I'm sort of contradicting myself a little yeah, bit now, but, but they've not I... really 
Dave, how do how do you live with with that pressure every day in the news, in the the fans, the from the club, and and the things not working right from your teammates? The pressure is enormous, and I think this pressure. And I, I was asking myself this week, and maybe you can answer that, man. Do you think because all the all the teams down below with Malaga uh, have the same? Do they all have the same pressure, or is it different from Malaga because it's a bigger club? Possibly more is, is happening. Um, because when I look at Ponferradina, for example, everything looks—I wouldn't say quiet, but. Um, okay, yeah, I, I take your point. I suppose we all have our, you know, Ponferradina, admittedly, though, they are a team which were close to the playoffs last year and uh, have had their good times. I suppose it's perhaps difficult for me and you to judge it because, you know, our social media is going to be dominated by Malaga fans. And let's be honest yes. with you, football fans are perhaps more vocal when things are going wrong. Um, so maybe our friend Chris Pigeon would disagree with us and maybe his social media um, is having the same sort of thing, the Pompey fans. Obviously, we follow Chris Pigeon. He seems quite mellow about the whole thing, I, I think. I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so do, do you do you think like the Malaga yeah, of players it's, have it's, more pressure on them than, for example, the Pomferadina players I, or the Racing players? Yeah, I, I do. And like Lugo as well. Um because it's going to be Lugo go down. That's going to be a very sad story for them because they've been in the league a long time. Same for Pompey. But like Malaga are going to be like depot, aren't they? It's going to be laughing yeah. at them and people are going to be like, oh my God, this team are in the Champions League so much long ago. And and these are the players that are going to be the you know the ones which cause this laughing stock, I guess. So yeah, and, and like you said, young players, it's... Uh, you know what, and they've got to go to a new club probably next season. And yeah, there's that is that pressure as well, isn't it? Lots of these players start in their careers, and if they've already got a relegation on their CV, unless they're very, very good, which I do think some of these young players are, I don't know what happens. We we did, I, I didn't want to say, but we did send a message out to one of the Malaga players, and um. He responded that um, it was a long t that that it was a long time ago. He had received such a nice message, mm. and that he was going to pass it on to his teammates. Yes, and and that uh, I don't know. Yeah, they get so much negativity probably on their social media and things and everywhere in the media. And and let's be honest with you. Chris, like we won't say who it was to and the contents of the message you you came up with on our behalf, but it was not exactly like sycophantic and like, you know, full of praise either. It was quite a simple message, really. So yeah. it perhaps tells you a lot that they responded to something which was quite, yeah, simple, I would say, but, you know, nice, but nothing like, you know, we love you. We think you're amazing. Or no, like nothing that. like that. It was just, yeah. Anyway, well, well what I said, I, I, I don't mind because people will now ask what was in the message. 
I said, I, I'm not going, we're, we're not, don't want to ask for anything. We're not asking you to fight hard because we see you fight hard every week. Because if there's one thing that they do on the, on the pitch is that they fight, right? They try. <clears throat> so we're not going to, uh, we're not going to tell you that we believe in you um, or that you have to believe in yourselves because it isn't that easy and us believing in you doesn't help you, doesn't bring you anywhere. Hmm. We only wish that you uh, and the rest of the team find the, how do you call it, find the... Joy? <laughs> I can't remember the word you... The joy back of, of playing football and um, like you were when you were little kids and there was no pressure. Um, yeah. That's the only thing we wish for you. And uh, big hugs from the Giri Coast. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's just quickly brush through the rest of this game. Um, uh, as you can probably tell from the tone of this week's podcast, um, you know where it's going. I thought Malaga did okay with 10 men, actually. Not brilliant, as you know, this is a very, very good Albacete team. As we said last week, they're chasing the playoffs. They were the top goal scorers in the league. I think they still are after this weekend. Um, I, I don't know, is there anyone we can blame for the two second half goals, Chris, or is it just a case of well, we blame in losing? It's Munoz. just a case of ten men. Yeah, against a strong team. It was a really good pass for the third goal, wasn't it? The sort of split through the defense, and actually, Ruben Yanez almost saved it, and his sort of his save went to the penguin at the back post. We we did we did learn of who the penguin is in the end. Uh, Dubasin, yes. and, ridiculous, and his celebration. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of the celebration? I quite like it, but I didn't want to see it this weekend. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's quite funny. It's, it's, no, I like I, it. I, um, I sort of I can't remember because um, it was Alex Fitzpatrick of the Spanish Segunda that told us about it, and then he listened to last week's pod and sent me a video of the celebration. Um, I don't know why he does it, but I do like it. Um, yeah, I found it ridiculous. Well. If, I don't know, if Javi Jimenez was doing the Penguin, I'm sure we'd love it. <laughs> no. No, I would kindly ask him to not do that. Okay, well, maybe... It's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. Well, it's like the Panther. That was stupid as well. Oh, I like that. See, I like all that sort of stuff. I like all the silly celebrations. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? It's football. Um, yeah, we're talking about really serious about things here. So, but... so, so you like watching growing men... Pretending like they're animals. Uh, so that, that's that's for a different podcast and a different conversation, I think. But uh, no, <laughs> because, because you have people who wear like suits and then act like uh, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of pantomime, isn't it? How do you call them? Furries. Fairies. Oh, furries. Yeah. Furries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. I didn't know you were into furries. Uh, no, no. Nice. We learn from you every week. A Giri cast exclusive. Um, no, so I if just, you just... ever dress up <laughs> like a horse, a goat, a cat, uh, feel um... free to send your pictures to Matt if you're a furry. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, I just enjoy fun football celebrations, that's all. At the right time. You know, they just gone 3-2 up. It was a big game for Albacete too. Why not dance like a penguin? That's all. That That's... Uh, 
That's the yes, way I but just don't dance like a penguin. Okay. Anyway, get, let's get away from this quickly. Um, I think there's not really much else to say. It was a, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion from then. Malaga sort of, I don't know, there wasn't much fight. Albacete look a really good team, actually, and I think we did quite well to keep it at 3-2, to be honest with you, to even have a chance of staying in the game. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, Chris. I saw Malaga the whole second half defending, hmm. and you knew what was coming. That's a bit of the point. Well, no, I, I thought more goals were coming, and they didn't. Yeah, so. definitely. Um so I don't really think there's much else to say about this game, really. Apart from that, let's let's just go on to our Jumbo and Viznaga. Um, I don't know, because I think I thought this was a very easy Jumbo, but I think you might go with someone else. So I'll just say mine, my Jumbo's Luis Munoz. I think you're torn between Luis Munoz and Andres Caro, though. Yeah, that's a bit my thing. <laughs> but surely Luis Munoz has got to take more blame for us losing the game. Yes, so Luis Munoz. Yeah. Um, Biznaga, I think there's two standouts here for me as well. Um, I, 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 I'm I, sort of, I don't know which one to pick, really. It's either Cristiano... Oh, for me, it's easy. Or Largo Jr. I was probably going to go Largo Jr. I'm going Christian. Okay. I, I, two amazing assists. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, do you know what? I'm going to go Christian too, because he had two assists... Um, he's not played much football. He played in a quite strange position for himself. Um, he, I don't really remember them getting as much joy down that wing as the other wing. Um, Largo Jr. was really good as well, I thought. I think they yeah. were. Um, Special mention to uh, Largo Jr. Yeah. And and so of us, well, I guess the other, the other one we could give a biznaga to, and I'm sure you'll agree, is those fans that travel to Albacete in such big numbers Definitely. again. It is amazing. It was amazing to see so much fans. Yeah, especially before <laughs> kickoff. In the way in. With the photo of them all with their scarves up and yep. stuff, it looked amazing. So uh, well done to you guys for traveling. A biznaga for all you guys. Um, just one final thing on this game, Chris, and I only read about this... Monday, we're recording this on Wednesday, so I don't know if anything else has been said about this, but uh, Payese in the post-match press conference spoke a lot about um, Albacete had disrespected our team and he said that when we won at Albacete two seasons ago, we were very respectful, but nobody seems to really know what he's talking about. Did, did, no, did, no? I, I still don't know. Okay, I weren't sure if something... They, they were having a party before the match with Elia. Maybe okay. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. But yeah, they, 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 you know, they're doing well. Why not? That would be like when we were winning all those home games. Do you remember that? When Jose Alberto first took over and we were having the little party by the Fondo Sur every game. I don't think that was disrespectful. Um, yeah, just seemed a bit odd. So I don't know if anything was said on the bench, um, but he was very annoyed, to say the least. Um, so, Chris, uh, like I said... Um, we have a guest, don't we? We do have a guest. Should, should we go and should we go get and, him? And, and before he joins us, I listened to them. Yeah. And they were quite positive about Mulligan. Okay. I, I've not listened. Well, not positive. <laughs> That's gonna hopeful. Say. hopeful. Maybe it's hopeful, the right words. Okay. Well, you can talk to him about that hope because, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I think in the past couple of weeks, you know, me being the sort of 
eternal optimist of the Giri cast. I think I'm becoming the more downbeat one. I think I'm the one that's giving up a little bit. So uh, maybe maybe um, our guest, Liam Bambridge of the Spanish Segunda Show, can give us some hope in the next part. Malaga play their next game at La Rosaleda Monday night, and I'm not sure I can be bothered to call these games must-win games anymore. But the opposition will be keen to pull further away from the drop zone, with that opposition coming in the form of Real Zaragoza. Joining us to talk about this week's Oppo is Zaragoza fan, and of course, the co-host of the excellent Spanish Segunda show, Liam Bambridge. So Liam, how are you? Uh, not so bad, thank you very much. Yeah, but disappointed by the weekend's result, so we're on the common ground there. I, I don't know if we are on common ground. You're on about 11 no. points better common ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I, I suppose we did lose to Alaves, but then you lost to Alaves, and they're, they're not a bad side, are they? So, you know, yeah, I mean... We won against more... Alaves, didn't we? Yeah, well, that was, that was the last moment. That was... What a day the that was. Win. That was the day I was in Malaga... Argentina lifted the World Cup. I was out with a load of Argentines. I said, I'm just going to go watch Malaga play. Malaga win. Argentinian scores. I come back, join the Argentine party. It's the start of my Christmas holidays. What a time that was. That was, what was that, about a month and a half ago. A lot's changed since then, very sadly. Um, Anyway, let's focus on your team first, Liam. So you tell us, um, obviously, Zaragoza have been sort of flirting with the drop zone a little bit, well, pretty much for most of the season, really, haven't they? But they've slightly pulled away now. So you tell us what, what's going on at Zaragoza. Do, do we need to worry about them? Um, are you optimistic for this game? Whatever. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, the trouble with Zaragoza is that the, 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 historically they're, they're you know one of the most successful teams in Spanish football. And I think they're still in the top 10, even after the last yeah. eight or nine years of mediocrity in, in, in Segunda. And and so obviously when new owners came in last summer, there was a lot of optimism. And the problem is that there's just huge debts at the club, and the new owners who also own uh, Inter Miami, I think, isn't it? Um, you know, they've spent, they've prioritised spending money on getting rid of the debt. And I suppose it's just a case of wait one more year, hope we're just about good enough to stay up, and you know then hope that when a lot of the debt is cleared. Um, we can start to actually invest in a decent team. I mean, we discussed it on the, on the show this week, that our, 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 our limite salariales. I mean, ours is very similar to yours, and I suspect that you don't think you're spending 11 million euros on your team. You certainly hope not. I'm fairly sure we're not spending 10 million euros on our team. I certainly hope not as well, because they're not very good. Um, but, you know, you have to hope that the, the brighter times ahead in the meantime. I, I do worry, yeah. I, we're not very far above, obviously we're, we're way above you, but we're not very far above fourth bottom. And we're not very good, so not this is a this is a big game for us. Um, there's a lot of teams in and around us, but I don't see us in a great place right now. And uh, more importantly, especially in terms of the home games, neither do the fans. And when you start to lose the fans, as was in danger with yourselves, wasn't it? Until Mr. Gaspar stepped to one side, you have got a problem because when you've got quite a decent fan base like we have and like you have, if they turn against you, then that suddenly starts to become quite noticeable. 
Yeah, and uh, and our fan bases um, are very good friends. It seems these days. I see all on Twitter people. Uh, uh, Spanish fans sort of having a bit of love in. I don't know if you've noticed that, Chris, Malaga and Zaragoza. Not, not only these days. Yeah. Like, always. Yeah, it, it seems like, oh, you guys are a big team. And it's like, oh, no, you guys are a big team too. Uh, it's, it's it's quite a funny little relationship. You are not. No, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> you are not. Yeah. Okay. Is, we're, kind of, we're kind of united in our disappointment and our, our underperforming yeah. big sides. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, been, it's actually the last few seasons, it's been a bit more like, oh, you go down. No, no, you go down. But no, okay, we'll go down. We'll we'll take that hit. Well, so, let's hope neither of us does, does this year. I mean, you know, ultimately, as I say, I don't feel that confident right now. I don't think we've got a very good side. I, I generally don't believe that our side is much better than yours or the league table suggests otherwise. The yeah. tables don't lie and all that nonsense. But, you know, it's not great at the moment. We haven't got a lot of depth and we haven't got a lot of there's just not a real positive feeling around the club and uh Escribao, the current coach was apparently being well allegedly being tapped up by Valencia last week until they went for Baraja <laughs> which is hilarious because he was an absolutely hopeless coach yeah, at Real about 18 months ago so having not enticed away our current coach who hasn't really pulled up any trees they, they've then gone for somebody who we got rid of after about three months <laughs> so uh, maybe Valencia will be joining Segunda next year you know because uh, that certainly wouldn't be an appointment I'd be making it was um, um, yesterday when, when I saw that announcement of um, Ruben Baraja, yeah. I did click on the the tweet to see what the reaction was. And of course, Valencia fans are, you know, delighted to have a legend back. But there was a lot of Zaragoza fans just, just tweeting, suerte, suerte. <laughs> totally that, totally that. Yeah. And uh, well, we need to suerte next week. I, I, still, I still, I know we said that, you know... <laughs> Tables don't lie, etc. But I, I just can't help feeling that your side is, is is not all that bad. I really don't think it is. I don't think you're ten or eleven points worse than our side, and I would think that you have got a great chance. I don't like to say that because obviously we could really do with a win to pull us a little bit further away from that bottom four. But I think you have got a great chance this Monday. I have to say. Yeah, um, I think we've said before, Chris, and I think we sort of touched upon it a little bit earlier. There've been there's been very few games, I suppose, with Malaga where we've been absolutely thumped. There's been a lot of, you know, losing by a goal or, I don't know, going 1-0 up and drawing 1-1. And, and I think, to be honest, and Liam is, is not a Malaga fan, so he has an objective view on it. I think a lot of matches we were unlucky and we didn't get what we deserve. I think a lot of matches we were the better team, mm-hmm. but didn't get the three points somehow. Yeah, but I suppose... I agree to a certain extent, but when you see the the column of four wins, I don't know how much that comes down to luck in the end. I've because actually, funny enough, I, I did look at like sort of I did look at the Zaragoza's columns and thinking, oh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just a few of those draws are turned into wins, and that does seem to be the case, to be honest with you. But have we had the? <laughs> It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because my feeling is, I mean, you probably feel, we've discussed it as well on the show, that, that, that um, you know, you've got too many of the same kinds of players. You've got Gallard, you've got, uh, you know, little tricky Febas, who was hopes at Tharagotha, but I think it's been quite good for this year. Uh, and you've also got, you know, Vialba. And we can actually do with one or two of those because we've got too many really samey players. We've got some some players who sit deep. We've got Jaume Grau, we've got Manu Molina, we've got... Um, the guy who's who's not Colombian at all, Eugenio Valderrama, they all do the same thing, really. They're all quite, they sit deep, they pass the ball nicely. We've got very, very little, you know, 
creative ambition going forward. That's why we don't score many goals. Uh, and we've got a guy up front in that's Simeone Centralito, as they call him. He's he's playing his first season in in in, in professional football. He's he's been with Atletico de Madrid's B or C team, playing in like the third or fourth division. You know, so you know we've got very very little up top and very very little creativity in midfield. We've got an awful lot of the same type of players who are quite solid and we're quite good at keeping the ball and quite good at moving up the field. But almost nothing going for us in the last third. And then when the chances do come along, Simeone needs more than one chance to, to score one goal because he's a young lad, you know, just making his way and he's not played at this level before. So, yeah, it all adds up to a fairly uh, uninspiring mix at the moment for us. Am I right? Again, I, I should have checked this really, I can't remember, but didn't Simeone score a very late equaliser in the the other in the game at uh, La Romareda? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, it was absolutely. him, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm fairly sure he missed two or three before then, you know, that, that's the thing, he's one of those, you see them, don't you? They need three or four chances to score one goal and we just don't create that many chances. He can't afford to miss as many as he does. But he's still our best attacking option probably, though we've obviously got Mbebe recently from... Ray Vallecano on load. Uh, the thing with he and me, he's gone, I don't know if you saw it the week, he's gone absolute worldy at the weekend for 35 yards because maybe shoots from everywhere. Now, probably one in every 10 of those actually hits the target, you know, but this one did. It looked amazing. Shame it didn't count for anything because he got beat 4 1. So he might he might get the odd goal like that. But again, you know, you can't rely on Simeone and Bebe to dig you out of trouble in the goal scoring uh, stakes, I don't think. And then there's a lad called Sergio Bermejo, midfielder, I think is bang average. But, you know, he's, he's kind of heralded as the, the creative attacking force. Well, he is because there's bloody nobody else there who can actually, you know, even begin to unlock a, a resolute defence, which most single teams have done. The most teams are fairly organised. They can, they can, you know, they can, you know, you have to move the ball quickly. Uh, you, they'll give you the ball to the final third. And then if you don't do something a little bit better in that final third, they just shut you out. And that happens so often with us. We just move the ball feel nicely. And then the last third, we just... Peter's out. Yeah, but... I remember the match against Zaragoza being the most boring match, <laughs> I, if I remember right. <laughs> well, you had, you had said the off fairly early yeah. on, didn't you, if I remember rightly? So you had to kind of go back to the wall, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And uh, and that just be the game against Ponfaladino a couple of weeks ago that that uh, Alex had the misfortune to uh, to witness live. That was worse, I can tell you. There's been a lot of those. It's quite interesting. We have a WhatsApp group, uh, Zaragoza fans. We all got together actually with one of the few glorious moments that we've had in the last 10 years. And it ended up being sad because we we, we were seven minutes away from getting back to La Liga. I think it was in 2014-15. And then um, uh, Araujo scored for um, Las Palmas and they went up instead. It was a playoff final. And there's about eight or 10 of us, maybe 15 of us in that WhatsApp group. And nowadays... All that happens in that WhatsApp group is just sort of memes and stuff. You know, nobody even nobody even discusses the games anymore. <laughs> and I think the reason why is because most of the time they're either not watching the games because they're so sick of watching rubbish, or alternatively, they're just so depressed that they don't want to talk about what's going on during it. So the only conversation has become it's become like a bit of a, a bit of a ghost a ghost WhatsApp group because nobody everyone's so depressed about that author that they just it's just all we get is sort of ironic you know ironic memes and general sort of frivolity because discussing the games is too painful it's too painful to watch them let alone discuss them well this is funny liam because literally today chris has set up a giri cast community telegram sort of <laughs> <laughs> so you've not you've not so, so as, as chris is trying to sell that you're going around saying oh you know it's just miserable and depressing um yeah. no it's fun it's fun it's it is good fun. we can we can share that misery can't we? it is good everybody again somebody goes have you noticed though nobody even comments through the games anymore <laughs> it's like yeah why why do you think that is <laughs> just quickly guys, on the zaragoff again guys do you know who turned up to the party 
Oh, it's Nick. Yeah, Bell's I, here can, now. I can see Nicholas Bell. Hello, Nick Bell. It's How are Nick, you? Nick, Nick Ding Dong. He's indeed there. Indeed. Campana. <laughs> Incoming. Campana. Incoming. Hello, everyone. Hello, How Nick are Bell. You, man. How is everyone? We're all well. Uh, I think I think uh, Liam's injected a bit of energy into things. We were pretty downbeat <laughs> in the last part. Um, uh, Nick, well, Liv's, Liv's, Liv's injected a bit of camaraderie into the show, Nick. He's, he's, he's pointed out that although Paragon threw up 10 points, better off, they're pretty rubbish as well. So yeah, <laughs> so watching Paragon on a regular basis is kind of almost as depressing as watching Malaga on a regular basis, only slightly more profitable in the points. I suppose that's perhaps a good next question for you then, Liam, is obviously um, we desperately need to win. Well, I don't even know if we desperately need to win anymore or is it just game over? But um, what would you say as someone that's watched obviously a lot of Zaragoza and a bit of Malaga this year, what would you do? Or I don't know, is there anything that you've got over us that has converted those points into a few more wins? Not really. No, I don't think so. I think they've nicked a few nicked a few one nails here and there, basically. I don't think there's any great, great secret there in, in, in their success. As I say, their success is, is moderate at best. Um, they're, they're fairly solid defensively. Uh, they don't tend to, I mean, that's, you know, giving away four and Alaves are absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, they brought in El Buffalo, haven't they, Alaves, the, the big lad up front from yes. uh, Libre from uh, Atletico Bilbao. So that's a great signing for them. So maybe there are, there are you know, worse times to judge your defence, uh, you know, the, the better times, I should say, than, than when you've just conceded four goals against that lot. But yeah, we're fairly solid at the back. We're fairly, fairly, you know, fairly well regimented. That, unfortunately, is the way... Things have gotten, you know, we've had obviously Jim and a lot of people didn't understand why we got rid of Jim as a coach. Then we brought in, brought in, you know, obviously Carcedo, who was the mate of the, uh, one of the yeah. new guys that came in, Sanye. And now we've got Escriba. And they all talk about being organised, being, you know, nothing about flair. Not like Ruben Alves, that uh, Albert Betty who says, if they score two, I want to score three. Uh, no, we've just got good, solid professionals who are organised and uh, keep the ball reasonably well and uh, try and nick, it, nick a 1-0 here and there. So, no, I, I don't see, I'd be astonished if we go out and go for the juggle. I'd love to see us do so, because realistically, as you say, you're not in a very good place right now. And it's a big game for us. And a win here would obviously... You know, would really, really give us a great chance. But I, I would be astonished if we do that. I think we'll be compact, solid, difficult to break down, and hope to nick one on the break. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you mentioned Bebe earlier. I forgot you'd signed, and uh, I, I remember seeing him play for Rayo against Atla Rosaleda against Malaga. And there's still that, you know, a bit of a bit of a joke tag, isn't it, because of Alex Ferguson signing him and all that, etc. But he always is great fun to watch. I think, and I still remember um, him coming off the bench for Rayo. And I think he'd been on the pitch two minutes and he hit a shot from a 40 yards and it almost smashed the goal, hit the bar, almost hit the goal into the stand. I've never seen like someone hit a shot so hard. So that could be fun for you guys, I suppose. Um, Nick, because you've sort of just jumped in, we'll get you to say some things. Um, We've covered the Albacete game, so um, I'll sort of invite you to say something brief on that here. But uh, maybe what do what can Malaga do in this game? to try and win it apart from going down to 10 men in silly fashion? I suppose that'll be the first stop, really. Let's stop getting players sent off in stupid ways. So uh, finishing a game with 11 men might be a key factor. Um, It's difficult as well because, you know, I heard what Liam saying there about the football isn't particularly exciting uh, at their end. It's certainly not exciting at our end. So 
is this going to be a matter of uh, two blunt forces running into each other? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, we need three points. Otherwise, we're getting marooned. I think, Liam, you and Alex made a point this week that the table is starting to stretch. And unfortunately, we're at the wrong end of it. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a very good... I, I agree and don't agree, because if we win Monday night and Racing Santander loses, but, you're back to five points again and the, the, there will be still 12 matches to play. The issue is that we play Monday night, isn't it? So we could technically be 11 points behind by Monday, which is... Yes, but also Racing Santander could lose. True. And you can bring it back to five again. Yeah, the thing is, you've got a couple of tough games coming up, haven't you? Really, really tough games yeah. coming up. You've got, I think, Levante coming up, haven't you? And uh, you've got Las Palmas as well. I think you've got, you know, next three out of the next six, I think, uh, are in the top six, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the problem, isn't it? It's not even just about winning this game. It's about, it's, you know, in the context of this one game, it's the context of you'd no, you don't expect to take much from those games. Although, again, as you said early on, Chris, I've seen quite a lot of you this season. I've rarely seen you outplayed, even by the best sides. You know, so ultimately, I think the only one that really comes to mind is that last Palmas game at home when he got absolutely stuffed. Um, but you know, apart from that, I haven't seen, you know, haven't seen you taken apart by anyone really. So, and that's the frustration, isn't it? And I've said that, you know, for many weeks on the show that I just, I mean, you're right. You know, Matt, if you keep losing, you can't keep on being unlucky. If you keep losing, can you? There's, there's, there's got to be some, some logic to why you keep losing. But at the same time, I've, I've always thought you're not that far off it, you know. And, and unfortunately, right now. That that gap, as he says, Nick says, is stretching, and 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 it's got it's got to be now, hasn't it? You've got to win this game. Yeah. You know, you have to really. And and uh, the trouble is, is that we have not been brilliant recently. We really need to win it as well. So maybe that's what will happen. Both sides will go. Will will, will kind of be desperate to win it, but not have the quality to. You know, it's going to be a goal either way for me. It's not going to be. It's not going to be three two, is it? Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of thinking when uh, Nick said. Uh, it's uh, two blunt forces going against each other. It's like a, like a really, that's like a really bad Frankie goes to Hollywood song instead of a, instead of <laughs> <laughs> when two uh, blunt forces go to war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what, um, yeah, what, I think what's to watch. it's the same for both of us at, uh, on Ferradina as well, isn't it? They've also got a hard run of games. So yeah. the thing is yeah. the points need to be collected now, or even dare we say, try and take some points off these yeah. more informed higher up the table teams because by the time we get through both sides of those games we, we could all be down the, yeah. the yeah, bottom you, of the table might be sorted by that point yeah, but mathematically but that's the terrifying prospect really you know terrifying. is this how we're going down whimpering out relegated by March yeah I think the problem is there is by the we're talking about Ponferradine not having tough run of games but I think they're the third I think they're probably you know likely to be the third team to go down I don't think you're even chasing Ponferradina for for fifth bottom, I think you're chasing Rathing, and that's yeah. the problem. And, 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 how, and how ironic would that be if dear old Mr. Dear old Mr. Um, Lopez, who Gaspar said was his biggest mistake in sacking him, if he's the man that basically sends Malaga down. I mean, you know, at, at the time, I remember thinking he, he, he was on a bad run, and he, I wasn't 100% certain, but he, he'd, probably take, he'd probably take him right now, wouldn't he? He's doing a very good job at Rathing. And, and that is the competition, isn't it? And I mean, it's, it's the same for, for Barrothi, you know, ultimately, you know, Rathing could easily end up above us quite soon. Uh, and you just have to hope that somebody else quite mediocre like Sporting gets pulled into it because we are not going to be we are not going to be comfortable for a while yet, as far as I can see. Um, unless unless we beat if we beat you and Lugo, but I just don't see that happening. Two, those two away wins are not going to happen for me. So well, yeah, a bit, a bit despondent at the moment, to be honest. Um, and and obviously despondent for you as well because you know I'd love to see something you know change very very quickly, and I, I haven't given up hope. But I, I must admit, as I said this week, I, I am starting to get quite concerned about. 
how far adrift you are now. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest with you, in this part of uh, the show in the preview, we usually ask the same questions of what can we do to make this better? Um, and we don't really get anywhere. So it'd be nice to have a, a fresh outlook from you, Liam. And uh, I think you... you what do, you, what do you think about in terms of this 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 commitment to youth and pace? I mean, I mentioned this week about about Carlo being thrown in there, and, and I get it, I do get it, but I just think, and I know that most Malaga fans haven't got a lot of time for Jotabed and and for Juan de and for Ramayo and people like that. Juan de? Is, is is this the time really to be checking a load of kids in? I mean, I know it happened before. I know. I, know I think, he, to be honest, I think as well. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, Let's first of all say we're very much on board with Juan de. Yeah, and he's our best player. All <laughs> Malaga is a fan of. Not this season; he, he wasn't so great. Well, but I think Juan de in his in, in a good player. form. He's our best player. Is one of the best. Is one of the best and biggest talents. Yeah, of Segunda División. Well, he's sadly, right. I, I would say him and Ramon are two of the best in the division, but they're always injured. They're both brilliant, but uh, but was Juan de on the bench? Was was Juan de on the bench on on Sunday because he was injured? Or? Yeah. I think so. Right. Okay. And if we okay. I look at Rosa Bet, that's a player who played for Celta de Vigo. Mm. Yeah. But I don't really see it. No. No. I mean, no. We we think we've I think we've we've covered that topic to death, haven't yeah. we? But uh, yeah, Juan yeah. Day, I've, I, I've said. The fact, the fact of the matter is, is that we we need to put the trust into these kids now because. The, the, the senior squad or the, the, the more experienced players haven't cut it. We've only won four games this year. And I was trying to come prepared to the podcast if my dinner date didn't overrun. But I wanted to see, actually, the start of January 2022, how many games have we actually won? I, I It must be below 10. It must be. Yeah, but I'd say, yeah, because Nacho didn't win any. And I think Pablo Guede may have won four, I think. A lot of draws under him. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if about eight or nine, I think. Yeah, since January, I'd say. So that's it, so. Yeah. Um, it's the, the, these players that we keep signing, which, you know, as every game keeps passing, I know that we need to be encouraging, but the more and more we look at it, they look like mercenaries. That's, that's all they, they feel for me. At least if we've got kids in the squad who are either Malaga-born or have been brought for the youth system, they, they've got that affinity for the club. They don't want to see it fail. And, and Andres Caro, I don't know why we've not been playing anymore. I know he was injured a lot um, at the start of the season, but he's been back for a while and he mm. was lightning last year. You know, he had the likes of Juventus looking at him. So so mm. why wouldn't we embrace that and bleed him in, not not now, but maybe like before Christmas or, or oh, yeah. during the World Cup or something? Do you know what I mean? The, the Kevin, I know that he was like a bit of a headless horse, but look what he's doing over in Portugal right now. How could we be to have someone like him back? Yeah, well, you know, let, let's not go down the Kevin route. We might have to record another half hour or so. And uh, I think we are a little bit pushed for time because some of us want to go watch uh, um, good football. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, I think what we're doing... Watching we're... The, uh... You're watching the Blackpool Swansea game? Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I meant. Exactly what I meant. <laughs> What we want to do is go, not that for Swansea, that, that, would, that would work for you, would it, Matt? But what we want to go do is watch a game that, that we don't get depressed by. <laughs> yeah, well, I tried that on the weekend. I went to watch Toro Molinos play, then that game was awful and Toro Molinos lost. So I think it's me. I think I'm just a, a bad omen. You, you, for you're a current jinx at the moment, are you? Costa you del Sol jinx. You can call me the Costa del Sol. <laughs> 
Um, Listen again. There is a part of me, as I say, that given that everyone seems to believe that although we're doing really badly, we'll just about do enough to stay up. It's a part of me that really hopes you do get the three points next Monday because I almost feel like you need them more than us. Um, But then, as I say, the other part of me thinks, you know what, we we need them too because we are not far clear of of fifth bottom. You know. Um, But to be honest, I I think you are fine for the rest of the season. To be honest, yeah, because Ponferradina isn't getting the points. Uh, I don't see Lugo getting anywhere near you. And I don't see Ibiza coming anywhere near you. True, true. So we're looking at, we're, we're, yeah, so we're looking at one other team, aren't we? I suppose it, it would have to be. Massive, yeah, good point. I, yeah, to be fair, I, I, I didn't rate, I don't think Ponfi are great this season, unfortunately, um, from, from Chris's point of view. I think they look very average. Um, I think I think the likely four at the moment, you say, are probably Ponfi. Ibiza, Lugo, Malaga, but we would really like to see. So you might you might drop a spot, maybe, but then you're still okay. And, and also, you can't forget people like Andorra. You know, Andorra. I've loved watching them this season, but they're only on, you know, thirty three points. Game. You know, they're not yeah. that that middle of the day, as we always say, we say, it's so tight, isn't it? You know, and that's the danger of being cut adrift. You could just win a couple of games now and get yourself to sort of twenty eight, twenty nine. You then are not just within reach of Rathing, you're also within reach of Sporting, you're in reach of Andorra, you're in reach of Villarreal. There's a lot of sides around 30, 33 yeah. points at the moment. You know, if they lose their next two, you win the next two. Then all of a sudden, it's like right, I'm not just trying to catch one team to get out of the bottom four. I'm, there's three or four I could catch here. Yeah. So that's why I remain optimistic, but getting less so, I have to say. It's a lot of. Uh... A lot of sycophantic nature towards Malaga there. So, um, Liam, I don't know if you're just trying to get more listeners to your podcast, but um, before we wrap it up... No, we're generally, listen, we, we, well, obviously, the, our main aim, as, as I think I've mentioned before, is that we, we want to run a trip, you know, to a game where we think Malaga is absolutely perfect with that. So, True. you know, you're massively letting us down as, okay. as, as, as a club if you if you don't allow us to do our uh, Segunda Spanish show on tour. You know, <laughs> our, 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 our maiden voyage is, is planned to Malaga. So if you're in bloody RFEF, that's not going to work, is it? Get yourself sorted, boys, Chris. I was going to say, Liam, imagine the exodus in that Discord group if we get relegated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to set, just set the subsection, won't we? Yeah. Let's, let's focus a bit yeah. more on the teams that want to get back into Segunda. Well, there you go. You, you, and, you and Alex... It'll just be Matt Rains whining on Chris Todd. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. That's what we left, yeah. You, you, you and Alex could maybe start a Patreon and the Patreon can be the R-A-F-A-F-E show yeah. with... Me and Alex a, Ashmore or something, I don't know. Yeah, it could be a great idea. There you are, spin-off, spin-off. All when it, when it all, all when turns down. I must admit, I, I also slagged off Alcor Connors and they'd never be back and they're right back up there. So True. I know you don't want to contemplate it, but you know, you never know, do you? Be fair. You know, I, as I said, I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, it could be partly with a view to that, couldn't it? Do you think it could be partly with a view to thinking they might go down? And if they're going to go down, I mean, I tell you what, Bay Fair in charge of a bunch of kids next season and RFA, I mean, there's, that's perhaps be better, you know, I'm not saying Sounds the like best outcome of course, but, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't back against him to bring him straight back up again, I wouldn't have thought, no. if, if, if it comes to that, because he's, he's, he's clearly can work with him, um, and, and he'd have, a, you know, to a certain extent, a clean slate with him, he could get rid of all the old, you know, mercenaries, as Nick mentioned, and, uh, and start afresh, you know, and then and, and set, set our effort, air for your light, but I'd much rather you didn't have to do that, to be honest. Yes, me too. Um, Right then, guys, we'll wrap things up there. I, I, I do think it got che- more cheery towards the end. So thank you for that, Liam. So before you go, I would just like to say thank you for joining us once again. Um, hopefully you can join us again next season um, in the Spanish Segunda. Um, do you want to say where people can find the pod, etc.? 
Oh, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's it's just Spanish segundo, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think most people know about yeah. it. Do you know, if they if they don't know about it, they probably don't want to know about it. So it's <laughs> absolutely fine. It's an absolute pleasure to come on here and, and talk about Malaga because we do talk about them on the show, but obviously we try and cover all 22 teams. So we don't talk about them as much as you do, but it's lovely to come on here and have a chat about your team and my team. And uh, let's hope that our seasons both end uh, more promisingly than they're panning out at the moment. See, you're even getting on board. You're like, oh, you know, Zaragoza and Malaga. I hope we both stay up. But we're, we're such good friends. Um, they used to up. They used to up. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Nick Bell, for joining us quite late. But it's always lovely to get your voice on at the end. Oh, it's, it, it's not about being on time. It's about being at the right time. And you say you got cheerful towards the end. Yeah, uh, well, it's true, yeah. Are you not sticking with me for this three-hour drive back from Glasgow to Blackpool? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, that was the plan. That's I, a different. That's a different podcast. Um, um, okay, and also thank you to Chris Marquez for joining me from the start. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you, Liam. Pleasure. See you soon, Nick. Download Telegram, and then uh, people uh, in our Telegram group will uh, in the Gearcast community will. Uh, <laughs> We'll we'll be with you on the three hour ride. There you go. Um, uh, maybe I, I still need to join it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Apparently, um, I, I I thought Telegram was something quite different to what it sounds like it is here. I, I'd heard more negative things about it, but uh, again, well, I'll, I'll I'll go away from that. Go join it if you're interested in Malaga and Giri Cast and things like that. And thank you, you guys, for listening as always. I've been Matt Harrison. You've been listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios and vamos Malaga. Oh.